You talk. I always talk first. All right. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Recovered AF Podcast. Uh, this is 50% of this podcast. My name's Kyle. Um, the other 50% of this podcast, his name's Aaron. Um, most of the time, what you're going to get out of us is Aaron and I's experience about whatever's going on in our lives. Uh, Aaron and I also participate in 12-step programs, um, but I'm going to let Aaron explain how we're not affiliated with those, and maybe he's in a better mood and he'll give us an analogy today. I don't think so. I was like, how do you want me to explain this, Kyle? What can I possibly explain about it? I like your analogy. I don't have any analogies. I already used them all. Talk about the grocery store. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. Do you want to at least tell us that we're not affiliated? Yeah, that's right. We're not affiliated with any 12-step groups. Um, Like Kyle said, we're we're, in fact, this episode, we're definitely going to talk about the 12 steps because we're doing a step exploration but uh, that doesn't mean Kyle and I are affiliated with any 12-step programs or speak for any 12-step programs those 12-step programs uh, don't have uh, any opinion on podcasts and uh, they don't have any opinion probably on what we're doing they don't have representatives I don't know if maybe they have an opinion anyway they don't have rep- representatives and we're not affiliated with them we're, we're just doing a podcast where we share our life experience about the things that got helped us get well yeah nailed it dude I feel like I didn't, but that's all right. Yeah, I would think... I got a little confused. 12-step fellowship <laughs> programs as a whole do not have an opinion on what you and I are doing. That's right. People inside of those might have an opinion. Probably lots of them. And they're welcome to have those. Do it. Have at it. Get on it. All right, well, so today you said we're going to do a step exploration. So if you... It's either that or how to stay sober during the holidays, You Kyle. just couldn't help yourself, <laughs> could you? <laughs> It's just so stupid. How do you uh, stay sober during the holidays, Aaron? (laughs) Come on, dude. I'm teeing you up. How do you stay sober on Tuesday, Kyle? Oh, you do the same thing? Yeah. And that's it, huh? That's all. All right. That's pretty... You just couldn't help yourself. I couldn't, man. For those that don't know, Aaron told me before the podcast he wanted to make a joke like that. And then he said he wasn't going to. And here we are with a hilarious joke. (laughs) Because I have this app. That's all I'm going to say. And it's like um, recovery people. And it's a lot more like that. Like, you know. um, Surface level bullshit. It's like um, it's it seems like it was like based on p- maybe the idea between um, something outside of me causing me to use and mm-hmm. having the power to say no, you know. And so if I can't come up with a game plan or an exit plan, I've got some people's on the speed dial and just you know and you know other podcasts I've seen and and probably even in meetings they talk about it and uh, as if it was this outside thing that was causing me to drink but that's just not my experience that doesn't mean that when i became depressed or or angry or sad i maybe didn't drink more but uh, that mm-hmm. certainly wasn't the cause of it i gotcha so yeah that makes sense i think <clears throat> just the um i don't know i don't think we need to be on a we talk about this all the time but you and i ambition to start this podcast was so that Aaron could text during the whole thing. So no, I'm turning my ringer off. I'm, I'm just joking. But the idea so is... shut the fuck up. <laughs> the idea why we started this podcast... So we could say fuck whenever we wanted. ...was because there's a common conception of people in recovery and that things like 
how do you stay sober during the holidays is a a thing that a lot of people talk about, right? Yeah. And you and I are having a different experience. That's and not correct. just you and I, lots of people that we yeah. know. Our peoples. The majority of the people you and I spend our time with that are in recovery yeah. Yeah, don't have to um, be overly concerned with what am I going to do for the holidays? Correct, right? yeah. So one reason why we started this was to share our perspective on the the conception of, of people in recovery and how we might be having a different experience. Yeah. And so... I mean, there's one part where it's like, hey, you've been withdrawing, you know, from life for years now. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah, fact, maybe you should pack into the stream of life, yeah, huh? go out and be a part of it. Yeah, thanks. Here, I'm going to give you that so that um, not every... All four people listening can hear you set your cup down. I I can put it on the floor if it's really bothering you. It's not. I just right. saw it sitting there, and I was like, hmm, I could do this. This so, could help. So anyways, back to our step exploration. Oh, God. Not enough talking shit about I forgot staying about sober that. during the holidays. This huh? is going to be a lot of shit talking. It's either going to be about that or it's going to be about you, but I'm in a bit of a shit talking mood. Mostly me, I'm yeah, guessing. probably. It's so, going in your direction. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Uh, so if you haven't checked out some of our other step explorations, I think we've done... A few different steps, right? Yep. We, we did a step four and a step 11 and a step 10. And a step one, I think. And Uno. Yeah. So now what step are we going to do today? I think Aaron? we're going to try three. Step That's three. what I decided yesterday because uh, if you listen every week, you know what's up. We were supposed to have a bunch of guests and uh, we couldn't do that because work is a jerk. And uh, so now it's just us two fucking dummies here trying to think about stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, and we've had a few guests and a few of just you and I talking. It's been a couple of months since we've done a step exploration. Yeah, that so too. It's probably about time. <laughs> yeah, that too. So the third step, Aaron, what it, what it, where where do you where to begin with that? Well, I think um as it reads on the wall, <laughs> you love it. I'm gonna go get my book. Yeah. I'm dude. gonna read all of it. Of course you are. Uh Kyle likes it when people read their book to him. I really like it when we're having an organic conversation <laughs> and then we decide to read someone else's stuff that's what i love the most (laughs) it's um basically (laughs) making a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of god as we understand him i think understood i think it's anyway well i'm alive so i still am trying to do that gotcha understood would be for dead people makes sense (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be a long hour folks (laughs) Long hour. All right, so made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Yeah, that's right. That's the third step yep. as it's written on the wall. Yep. And what does that mean for you? Well, I don't know, man. That's a weird question. Good good step exploration. All right, cool. What's next week? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So what does so, that look like? What does that look like before you made the decision? Or where do you want to go with this? Well, I don't know. I was thinking... So, like, what I was thinking, like, most of the time when I did a third step, like, so when, I don't know, when I've gone through the steps with the sponsor, w- how it's worked for me is when we get to this, the, the third step, and then, like, um, there's a there's a prayer that you can use in the, in the book, mm-hmm. and then we say that together, and then um, it's just terribly awkward, and then um, nothing happens. All right. Yeah. That's a powerful step. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that nothing happens. Something happens. But immediately, like, all but one time that I've done that, I've felt the same 
27 seconds later as I did when I did it. All right. But one time something did happen. This is your most recent. Well, not your most recent, yeah, no. but like the time that you got sober. Yeah, because back to my most recent time, nothing happened again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure something happened. Right. I, but you didn't feel any different. Right. Yeah. Okay. But like, okay, so so something different happened. And, and I think I talk about that a little bit too much because I don't want to. Because then I was like, well, fuck, you know, what if what if I talk about that super profound experience and it's like the spiritual experience where people first went through the book and they thought that they had to have some sudden and profound change. And so then they had to go and amend the book and change it from experience to what is it? Spiritual experience to spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then I was like, well, maybe that's not an accurate portrayal of, you know, like maybe people are like me and they're like, well, what if that didn't happen to me when I did a third step? Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I was like, well, maybe I talk about that too much. I I don't know. I think you're all right, though, because other people are probably going to have a different experience than yours. Yeah. And so some guy might have your experience. And if you don't talk about it, he's like, well, what the fuck did I just do? What happened to me? So I think the beauty of all of recovery is that everyone's having varying experiences. I think back to your original question, the profound thing that happened when I had that third step experience, the profound part of it was um, the attitude behind it, mm. right? If I'm making a decision, it was the attitude that was behind it. right? And so when I was sober the last time, I would say the third step, step prayer a lot in like my morning ritual mm-hmm. or just periodically. But what would happen was I'd be like, okay, God, you know, and I would start, I would be internally conflicted in sobriety and just, um, I don't know, experiencing some lack of ability to control my emotional nature again. And so I would say the third step prayer. And then as soon as I almost immediately got done, there would be another voice behind that in my head saying, unless, mm. unless you ask me to do this, unless you ask me to do that. Mm. And it would be like the most weird random shit, like moving across the country or unless you want me to quit my job tomorrow, you know, like I'm like, so basically I'd be like, God, I really need your help. This is what, how it would go in my head. I really need your help. I need you intervening in my life. I need to be like clear and meaningful, and I'll do whatever you want me to do unless it's all of these weird random shits. Gotcha. Does that make sense? So you would say those unlesses, or it was just like the next thought that came through? It would be like the next thought okay. that came through. All right. Yeah. So, so I guess to get a little backstory, why... Would you want to invite God into your life? Like, what leads you to that point? Because I think people that are listening that might not be 12-steppers, and we have a decent amount of those, or people that maybe haven't gotten to that point or had that experience yet, like, what's kind of the connecting dots? Is it just, like, the hopelessness of where your life was, where you're like, well, maybe I'll do something different? Or what's kind of the tipping point for you to go, you know what? I got to, I got to do this thing. I think the, I, you know, like just looking back at say like the first time I was going through the steps in a treatment center, Mm -hmm. it was just because, um, that was the net. I was like, I'd sort of, cause I was very agnostic and, and I got to the thing where I was like, okay, I'll just give this a try. Mm -hmm. And so I was just doing it cause it was the next thing to do. Gotcha. You know what I mean? They told me what to do next. And then as I was sober through those couple of years, um, I did it again because I was, <clears throat> I'd, rent, I'd, I'd been through the steps 
and I was experiencing all of this um, self in my life again, and I couldn't seem to get out of my own way. And I was just very internally conflicted. And okay. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I need some help. I'm, I know I'm the problem, and I need, I need you, mm-hmm. I need God, I need something. And, um, and I, just, I, I just really need your help. <clears throat> but like, what I, what I didn't do, so like, in the book it says something like, um, you, know, you know, the words were quite optional, so long as we express the idea, and then it said something like, it says like, uh, making sure we are at, at last ready to uh, abandon ourselves entirely or utterly or, I, I don't know. Anyway, but fully and wholly without pretty much reservation, willing mm-hmm. to give my life to God. And so, um, like... I wasn't expressing that idea. Like I was still. You had reservations. So. Yeah. Okay. That's what all those unlesses were. Right. Does it's that like, make sense? well, I'll abandon myself. Well, and what I'm. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So no, go ahead. No, we'll now. get into it in a second. I was just going to ask more questions, but I think we're put. I'm too far ahead. So keep going. Oh. So then, eventually, what made you go from well, I have those unlesses and those reservations, to. Like, I'll do whatever. Well, I started drinking again and started using drugs again. Right. And um, and um, so I, we all know I went and started this journey over again. And um, Yeah, will you share your experience? Because it's a good one. And I would rather you talk about your kind of, I don't want to say burning bush experience, but like this p- profound third step that you took. Yeah, well, so I had gotten back from Mexico. I had done the Ibogaine. I was back. I'd gotten back on a on a Sunday night. I was supposed to be to work at Monday. Gripped with fear, laid in bed crying all day. Couldn't do anything. I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do though. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I had no intention of doing any twelve step stuff. Right. I'd, you had sworn them off already. Yeah. 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 And um, so all day long, I had you know stuff to do. I had to get my ass back to real life, and I just couldn't. And and so then um, that night, my cousin had called me. And, um, you know, hopefully he's going to be on before too long, but, uh, he had called me and he was a junkie and he had had a very profound spiritual experience, not via the 12 steps, but like the sudden white light experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he had just gotten up and called me, I guess, out of the blue. And I found out more about it later, but, uh, and he started talking to me about his relationship with God and he started telling me the story about like how, um, you know, when God wants him to do something, and he had a pretty, sounded like he had a pretty open line of communication with God and a mm-hmm. pretty clear line of communication. And so, like, um, so much so that when he was in early recovery, and I, I don't want to tell a story, but he had been given some sp- specific indirection, instructions about a path to take and navigating across town based on avoiding something. Anyway, and... Um, he was like, and I had to, and he didn't do it, and then he made him, and he had to go back and do it, because he was basically saying, he said that, you know, if I you know, choose to ignore God's will for me once, then I'll do it again, and how long before I'm living in self-will kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but I, what I'd heard was like the level of what it had to be with his relationship with God, and like that he was off, afraid to do God's will, and he didn't especially understand God's will for him, but it didn't matter; he would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I got off the phone with him, 
And I was just like, oh, yeah, I didn't include God in any of this. I'm trying to figure out what to do to next, what my next step is to be, because I had no idea, and I haven't included God in any of this. Right. And so this was basically a third step experience prior to even getting into the 12 steps again. Right. I got down on my hands and knees. I put my head down on the ground, and I was like, okay, God, this is it. I will do whatever you ask me to. And I said, whether I understand it or not, whether I'm afraid to or not, whether I want to or not, like, whatever you want me to do, God, I will do it. I just ask that you make your direction clear because I am hard-headed. And then before I got to my feet, I was, had the strong sense that I would to call my old sponsor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I it's, it's midnight his time because he was two hours ahead of me. I was like, I can't call him. And so then um, I... I, I, I try to go to bed. I was still wasn't sleeping a lot. And like, as soon as I was up the next day, like I didn't go to work again, had the over overwhelming sense to call him. So I finally called him. And I think I've told this story. I've told a lot, but he was expecting a call from a guy who had listened to his, all of his speaker tapes. And, and he just was happened to be expecting a call from him that day. And he's like, hold on, man, just hold on, hold on to your shit. I'll call you back. And put me in touch with him and then the story goes and the story goes and but it was just like it was just like for the next day and a half one thing after another after another that I got the strong direction to do that I just followed through on because I didn't want to do any of it right. I didn't, none of it made any sense I was right. like what would my sponsor do he's living two time zones away mm-hmm. but I just said like whatever and I'm like just do the one thing but right. then after I did the one thing; it made perfect sense. Oh, because he was expecting from this a call from this guy that I was really looked up to, and right. just a lot of stuff like that started happening. Yes. Now, did that direction come from within, or was it like a, a voice you? No, hear? it wasn't a voice. Right. It's just like that intuitive. It was like direction th- that you're like, I know what I need to do. Yes, it was like a very clear thought. Yes. That I can't write. You and I you know have the I'm, same experience. Yeah. You know, where like the direction for me comes from within yeah and and then it's and it's different like i was talking to i remember talking to i think it was your sponsor Mm -hmm. Uh, i guess we can say ty um i remember like right when i had first gotten back and i was like um because i used to so when i was sober before i spent a lot of time pondering like what is god's will for me what isn't it blah 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 Mm -hmm. just dumb stuff thinking right and it was weird though like right at the beginning and i don't know what it's like anymore because i don't spend time questioning it but i was like you know when i had this idea of what i should do when as soon as the question came out of my mind if the answer was there immediately before i could almost finish the question it seemed like that was god's will and it was clearer than all of the other thoughts going on in my head mm-hmm. i think god sort of just made it easy for me at the beginning because i asked right right yeah. <laughs> i said i'm hard-headed could you make it clear right and that's sort of what happened and okay. so that was sort of my third step experience. But it was like my willingness to do whatever. And I mean, I was never going back to 12-step groups right. ever, ever, ever. And here I was. I think our first meeting of my home group, we started like 13 days after that or mm-hmm. something. So like I was like two, two and a half weeks <laughs> fucking clean yeah. starting this meeting. Not because I want to, you know me, I'm about not putting in that effort (laughs) but here i was doing that because i had made that agreement with god and then the god said do this and i was like all right so that's how it went now did was that a permanent effect does that ever waver yeah man it wavers for sure where it's like 
Yeah, because this is what happens. Okay, so this is what, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I should say, I don't know what happens. But what happened with me is my wife had left me. Um, I was one fuck up away from losing my job. All it took was something trivial, and I'm out of a job. Mm-hmm. Living, in a, living in a house by myself, lonely, sad, like... <clears throat> I, there wasn't a whole lot. Right. Right. The next thing I was going to do is take my own life. And then, so there's not a whole lot below that. And so it's easy at that point to follow up on what God asks of me to do. Right. Because what what, what, what else am I going to, where else am I going to go? Yes. But then flash forward and get the wife back, get a new house, get some, you know, dollars in the bank. It's a little bit easier to say, Okay, God, whatever you want me to do, and if it doesn't make sense to me, n- to not do it mm-hmm. because I'm like, why would I, you know? Right, things are okay things where are I'm all at. Right. Yeah. yeah, and so um, it seems like uh, that desperation and having nothing, as as lonely and sad as it was, sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss that freedom of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because then the only way to go is up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like, you're experiencing a lot of hopelessness, but you also have a lot, a lot of hope because yeah. there's like only one way to go. And yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a nice place where it, it makes things very simple and yeah. not clouded anymore and like very clear, like, well, this yeah. is the only thing I have to do. So it's really easy to give 100% effort when I don't have anything else kind of getting in the way. And I think the simplicity that you touched on is really the thing because uh, I remember talking to Amber you know, she had left, but we were still in communication, and she was worried, pretty worried about something. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know, Amber. I was like, I'm only worried about doing this twelve steps. That's yeah. the only thing on my plate right now. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. And like I meant it, and it was very freeing. And all I had to do was the twelve steps. And I don't know, maybe my life is that simple. It probably is. It is, <laughs> yeah. And that's the beauty of it is like all of this stuff just kind of ends up getting kind of cloudy again, and and makes makes what I think is going on in life just more unclear. But really, that's really all I have to do. Right. I can just strip away all that stuff yeah. and just go back to that. Exactly. But my mind tells me otherwise. Right. Well, because you get stuff back. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got a house now, and I got my relationship, and I got a dog, and yeah. I, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, well, and I got, I'm doing pretty good at work again. And yeah. now it's like, well, those things are important. And they are. But, like, it's it just kind of clouds the reality of the situation of, like, if I... If I did nothing but this 12-step stuff, I think all of that stuff would stay too, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes absolute sense. Yeah. And, like, here's the thing of it is, like, um, one would think that if I didn't have anything and then I did the 12 steps and now I have these things, mm-hmm. it would be pretty easy to remain um, um, clear on how I got to this point and that it was right. God and... It, it, and uh, and through that stuff and through the relationship I got with God through the, you know, application of the twelve steps, but <laughs> my my memory gets cloudy about it, and mm-hmm. I think that look at me, right? I've got these things. Yes, I did these things, and I it's easy to forget um, when I was living my life based on my own will, and what I mean by my own will is like um me trying to navigate my own life in every aspect and er every area of it and trying to outthink and out and and win over the addiction it got me to 
going to my man, my parents were so scared when they found out I was going to Tijuana to do fucking psychedelics. They're oh, I like, bet, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool, right? Right. Like they don't. They're pretty. They they hold their. They're pretty non-emotional, but they were pretty concerned. I would imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so like I don't know. What was I saying? I don't know. I'm getting a little confused. I'm not sure where you were going. With yeah, that. I don't know. But uh, oh man. No. We lost it. Yeah, I lost it. I started envisioning you in Tijuana. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't get any more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, so the reason why I ask if it fades is because, like, you've been through the work again now since that time, right? Mm-hmm. You've been through the work twice mm-hmm. since you that time and then now this time. Yeah. And your third step experience this time didn't yield much. No, it was a lot like the other ones. We we got to that. So this time what my sponsor did is he was like, you know, it says right here the words are quite optional. The words are quite optional. He mm-hmm. was like, so going into this, I want you to think that, I want you to think what that third step prayer might mean to you, hmm. you know? Because, um, again, I, at the end it says, so long as we express the idea, right? Right. And he's like, so what might that mean to you? And um, And I went through it and I thought about it for a couple of weeks, and it came back to the same thing that it was the first time. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whenever, however, whether I want to or not, whether I understand it. That seems pretty thorough. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems that's something that I can get my head around. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so then you... So then basically that... Do you say that regularly now? Um, that prayer, however, whenever, whether I understand it or not? Or is that just more... The underlying... That's more of the underlying idea behind it. And okay. So what we, the spons- the new sponsor and I did is we went through and read it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I guess going through it this time, that was more of a... I don't know. I guess consciously I didn't think about it as a, as a commitment to do the steps. I think I was going to just say that, but that's not how I thought about it. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's what it has been. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, when I went through the work the first time and I started writing inventory, I was told that now that will, that I had taken the third step. Yeah. Because I was not writing inventory for a few months, but supposed to be on step three. And I just kind of was like, oh, well, whatever, you know, and just kind of lollygagging around thinking that I was going to be okay. And then I wasn't okay. And then I, I when I started writing inventory... My sponsor at the time was like, "Yeah, now you you took your third step. Now you're on your fourth step because you're willing to do this now." So more m- m- like that um, old I don't know story analogy about the frogs making the decision to jump off the log, right? But if they're still on the log, then they've made a decision, but they haven't done anything. Nobody's yet. taking action. So yeah, it was told to you that once you started writing inventory that basically that that was taking action on that yes exactly and that's a good um simplification i think i probably could have used that in the treatment center Mm -hmm. because i don't know about you but i i struggled with it and a lot of people struggled with what does it what do you mean yeah right what does that mean yeah i think and like this is like my experience with the third step was and i people i know i think a lot of people reached that I don't know if you call it a moment of clarity or if you want to call it an actual like third step experience of like mine. I was in jail and I was on suicide watch 
And after a couple of days, it was like the thought came to me that like I'm I'm doomed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like, so I, I knew that I was defeated. I knew that I had no shot of getting out of this I knew, and not trouble, like out of life. Like I was doomed. And really the only way out was to die. And then I had this moment of clarity where it was like, I don't want to die. So I need help. And that was like that experience. And so then it was like, well, what do I do? And then the thought came like I should reach out to my parents because mm-hmm. I sat in jail for a few days before I reached out to them. And then it was like go to treatment. And then why I was asking if you wavered at all was because like I was I had the the experience of like I'm doomed. I'm in trouble. I have no way out of this. I need help reach out for help, and then when when the help was coming, kind of recoiling already, like, well, no, I, that's not what I need to do. I don't need to go to rehab. I don't need to do this. I don't, You know what I mean? And I was already kind of wavering. Mm-hmm. So then for the next four months, I feel like I was just kind of in this place where I'm wavering at. Like I went to rehab, and that was very beneficial, and I was pretty jacked up while I was there. And I mm-hmm. was like, because I finally found some people that were like me, and mm-hmm. so I had some hope, but I wasn't really doing the work. And so then around four months sober is when I kind of re-hit that point where it was like, oh, no, I really am willing to do whatever it takes to, to not drink or die. And then then that was when it was told to me, like, hey, it's time to, like, now you've taken that step because you're writing inventory. So, like, what does that mean third step-wise? I think it just means... I'm willing to do stuff that I wasn't willing to do before in order to try to stay sober and alive. Yeah. Like in its simplest form. Yes. You know what I mean? That's exactly it. And so when I say this, when I'm, when I say like, cause this is how my mind works. When I say, okay, God, anything, anywhere, anytime, whether I want to or understand, Mm -hmm. like my mind goes to those other, those like, what if God, it's like, uh, you know, what if God tells me to kill my son? Right. (laughs) Right. It's going to be something like that. Yeah. And it, has not been that no what god asked me to do first was to call my old sponsor then um god gave me the power to make a few other calls Mm -hmm. and then i uh told god i needed a sponsor because at that point i was going to need to be in a 12-step group based on what candace had asked me to do if she was going to treat me right and um then i asked god for uh, a sponsor and then he we had um Dr. Dan is a busy man on the show mm-hmm. and um I didn't want to I didn't want to ask him. And so, but I asked him. So like um the things that God asked me to do were like um call your old sponsor, ask this new person to be your sponsor, um start this meeting, right? Stuff like that. Yes. It wasn't crazy. No, things. like quit your job and move to Maine or something. Yeah. Yeah. It has not been that. Yet. No. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where um like for me, the willingness to turn my life over to God as I understood him or stand him, whatever, if I'm alive or dead. Um, <laughs> if my willingness to do that... Past tense or present tense. Exactly. is If I'm willing to do that, that is, to me, the third step. And so it's kind of like this willingness to to take action. And for me, that action looks like you, like you said, like asking a guy to be my sponsor and then writing inventory and then making amends and then, you know, being a decent human being today and like being a a decent person in my relationship and a a boss. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like these huge, gigantic upheavals of my life. It's more so like do things that are going to be beneficial to the people around me. 
is what I've found. Yeah. And so me being sober and and knowing myself and being more aware of my behavior and how it's affected people and cleaning that up and stuff like that is like in its simplest form, like what it is for me today is to just be a useful person in, in my world today. So do you spend any time, you just sort of laid it out, but do you spend any time like thinking about that prior to like, um, like any time, cause you, you use that third step prayer every day, yeah. daily, right? I, I say the third step prayer every day. And I, I, my, I just say what it's, how it's written. Right. I haven't ever. Do you spend time thinking about what that encompasses? Like when you're doing your morning meditation, what that means, what, cause <clears throat> you know, I just ask that we be relieved, not just, but part of it is that we be relieved from the bondage of self and to foreshadow a little bit. We talked about the four step and it, and it lays it out in detail when we get to the, there's some, some A's and B's and C's that mm-hmm. we have to be con- convinced of. And if we are, then we're at step three. And then the literature goes on to talk, tell us that, that our, our real problem is selfishness and self-centeredness and it lays it out for us and right. all that. And so the prayer asks that we be relieved of the bondage of self. Do you spend time thinking about that? considering that when you're going through your morning no because i think the prayer as it's written kind of explains it it's like i'm supposed to be i'm asking god to remove me remove self from me so that i can better do his will Mm -hmm. and that like i can show others that god is working in my life by doing that and so the prayer kind of like i like we were talking about the simplicity of stuff, like I try to, when I start thinking about what that means, that's when all of my ideas start coming in. Like, well, I think what that means is I'm supposed to be a circuit speaker and I'm going to, you know, all of this stuff. And so for me, it's like what it means is that like I'm supposed to be less involved in self so that I can be more useful to God and the people around me. And like that to me, it's just like it, that's what it's been forever is like less of me, more of God in you. Like, in a, it's just like that's what it is. So, and I need help with that. Just like the in that in that reading that you were kind of talking about, it talks about like I can't get rid of self by myself. Yeah. Cause it just doesn't work. So that's why I need God. Right. And like that kind of connected for me because I came in very agnostic and didn't really want anything to do with a power greater than me or really understand why I really needed one. But like God helps me today remove my alcohol problem, remove my selfishness problem, remove my resentment problems. You know what I mean? Like I can't get rid of those things on my own. What, what does that look like? Um, when, okay. So your selfishness is being removed, right? You, yeah, you make Hopefully, it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You make a decision, you write inventory, you take that stuff to God, blah, blah, blah. You go through the work. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know, how can you tell, do you have these like little um, God shots or in retrospect, do you look back and be like, oh, that's not the way I used to handle those situations? Like how do you, how have you seen in your life that that selfishness and self-centeredness has not necessarily been removed at least, but diminished? How do you know? How, you, well, do you hear what I'm getting at? Yes. And what I was thinking of is like most of the time, like our book talks about other people will say something to me first. Like um, 
you know, like I, I remember talking to my brother and my mom. This was a few months ago, and I think I talked about it on the podcast. But I was, they were having an issue with someone that's really hard to deal with. And I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty hard to deal with too. I understand it. And they were both like, not anymore. Mm. No, you're not. Yeah. You're about the most even keel person in our family. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you're very, and, and like that, I hadn't thought about it that way. Cause I still view it as like, oh yeah, I'm still a whirlwind in people's lives. And you know, like just cause that's how I was for so long. And they were like, no, that's, that's not how you are at all anymore. Actually, you're you're very easy to deal with and easy to talk to, and so like generally, other people tell me, and then I can look at it and kind of start to be like, wow, yeah, I do I do react differently, you know, because like um, I really don't spend that much, and maybe maybe I should be, but I don't really spend that much time in like self reflection. No, I don't either. I guess what I was wondering is sometimes I have. I mean, you just answered what I was wondering. But I wondered if you always had also had this thing that happens to me, whereas a situation will be happening, and in the moment I'll think something, and then another thought will come in behind it that is far more altruistic, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, and you know I haven't acted on anything yet, but right. my first thought is the way I've reacted my entire life, yes, and then another thought comes in swiftly behind it that is the appropriate way to deal with the situation or the less selfish way to deal with the Mm -hmm. situation. And I'm like, Oh, I act on this second thought, not this thought. Or sometimes it'll just come in just the, the selfless thought. Yes. And I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Right. That's, uh, that's abnormal to me until then life becomes more about, I start getting, I start, I notice I start getting more of those, um, less self-centered thoughts Mm -hmm. they just start coming in naturally right but sometimes i'm aware of that yes and then sometimes i've had the experience where amber's like she says the old aaron would have yes blah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. well and i think for me what happens now and this is where i know like there's been a transformation that's happened to me is um like i used to have to always listen to the second thought and now it's like the first thought is the appropriate one followed by, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, so, and it's hit or miss. It's not always like yeah. that. I would love to be like, oh, I'm fucking a saint and yeah. I only have pure thoughts. You know, but it's yeah. like what happens is I used to only have one thought. And it was whatever <laughs> I wanted to do. And that was the only thing. Yeah. And like good example of this is last night, Megan, she had a Christmas party and she wasn't going to be able to get to go to it. So I had been planned that I wasn't going to go. Mm-hmm. We weren't going cause she had to work. And then she called like 45 minutes beforehand was like, they're going to let me out early so we can go. And, <laughs> and I didn't go. Oh, right? you didn't No. And I made amends this morning for it because I was like, well, I'm not going. And so like, I still fuck up very, very regularly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and what I told her was like, I was just, clouded with self you know yeah. like it was just yeah. like i already had my plans made up i wasn't going you're not supposed to be off till eight yeah now at 6 30 you want me to go to this thing i'm not going to and i didn't go okay and she wasn't very thrilled about it yeah i uh, bet not <laughs> and and it, and she wasn't mean she just was like that mm. it would have been nice if you would have gone yeah and i was like yeah you're 100 percent right i should have gone and i i didn't and i feel bad about it and i made amends this morning but like so i still do 
falls short of my ideal on a regular basis. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But but when that was going on, the first thought was just go. Uh, followed by the second thought of I don't want to fucking go. Yeah. And I went with I don't want to fucking go, which yeah. was the wrong move. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, four years removed from drinking and in a place where I feel like I'm pretty healthy, I still suffer from self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so and and in the moment I didn't I didn't counsel with God at all. It was just like yeah. I should go, just go. I don't want to go. And that won the decision. And yeah. so things like that still happen somewhat. I wouldn't say regularly, but much more than I would like, but not nearly as much as they used to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So but today I know the transformations happened because I used to only have one thought and now I generally have the right thought followed by the wrong thought. And then it's just a matter of what one's going to win out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I had a similar situation. Well, not, I, not, I don't know. I had a situation when I was sober the last time. Then I, uh, my father in law had tickets to see a night show during mm-hmm. Frontier Days, and I'd agreed to go. And then uh, my uh, best man from my wedding just showed up in town, and he, he lives in Oklahoma. And, and uh, they had pizza over at at my parents' house and he was there and they were there and I just really wanted to get off work and go eat pizza and hang out with my buddy. Right. But I already agreed to go to this night show and it was also important to Amber. Mm. And I remember calling up my sponsor at the time, the one that lives two time zones east of me and asking him about it. And he was like, um, yeah, you're going to go to the show and you're not going to say shit about it. Yeah. And you're going to be nice. And yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's good. And like what I find is um, the I'm aware of what's going on now and I'm aware of when self manifests because of taking action through the work. Mm-hmm. So now when I when self does manifest, it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah, dude. You know? I and bet like, you felt icky. I did. I didn't feel good this morning. That's why you had to make those amends. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel good. And when I woke up, I was like, I just don't feel really right about yeah. this. And she, to her credit, she wasn't rude or mean or anything. She was just like, yeah, it would have been nice if you would have gone. And then I, I, I'm not very good in social settings. Like I just, <laughs> and so I just chalked it up to that. And it's like, that's not the point of this thing. The yeah. point is to just show up for Megan. Yeah. And I fell short of that. And then I was able to, but it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And again, in the past, it would be like, I would never have a second thought about it. Be like, no, I'm not going. I don't want to go to that. And yeah. then it would be like, that's it. That's yeah. the end of the conversation. I don't even care if you want to have a talk about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm because, clearly not doing that. Yeah, I'm not going. And it's none of your business why or what I'm doing. And so... There's been a transformation and like I still fall short and self still manifests. But like for me, there's a tremendous amount of growth from that. And then like Megan and I both handled it very well this morning. And it was like, look, when I'm being a dick like that, like just say, hey, dude, this is one of those times I need you to show up. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, if, if I still don't like completely shame on me, but like. I gave her permission to call me on my shit sometimes, you know, like your sponsor did, where it was like, hey, if something's important, just say, hey, this is one of those times. And like, hopefully that'll click like, hey, dude, stop being an asshole, you know, so... Amber's married. Amber's friend got married. One of her, one of her besties from college got married in Bismarck. 
This was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think Amber and I were even married yet. Right. And we went up there together. And the rehearsal dinner, of course, is, uh, the rehearsal dinner was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, Wyoming was playing Auburn mm-hmm. to start the season on ESPN. Yes. And I was like, she's like, okay, the rehearsal dinner. And I was like, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to go golf. Right. And then I'm going to go to this bar. And watch this football game. Yeah. Hit me up when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I just, looking back at that, I cannot believe I skipped the rehearsal dinner. Right. And played golf and got drunk and watched the Cowboys. Yeah. Instead of going, who does that? Right. And probably never had a second thought about it. None. Yeah. I didn't realize until years later that that was not appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, I was supposed yeah. to. Oh, Okay. And, and so I guess for me, that's where like the third step kind of put tying this back in is like the third step is the moment that I'm willing to change how I've been. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I can't bring that change about, but like what I'm bringing to the table is willingness to put in effort. Yeah. And then like looking back now, I'm like, wow, yeah, I behave a lot differently than I used to. Yeah. And when I fall short, it doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. And and those are things that I don't think I would have if I wouldn't have, if I don't tap into this power. You yeah. know, if I don't, if I don't tap into God, I'm probably not ha- having those experiences. So when you're taking a guy through the work, then and you guys get to this part, and you get to the ABCs, mm-hmm. what does that look like? How do you take somebody else through the third step? So I spend a lot because if from that reading it it says the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self is hardly going to be a success. Yeah. That's the first sentence of like the third step reading. Right. The first requirement is this. And I I joke about this because there's a lot more instruction in there, but there's not another requirement. Right. So, and I'll joke about that in meetings a lot. Like there's not a second requirement, (laughs) right? right? So like really what I need to do to, to, to get this point across is I'm just trying to have that guy understand that his life isn't going to be a success if he's running it. And, like, you'd think that would be... Obvious. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You, You're you, in a treatment center or you yes. just got kicked out of your your house and right. your wife doesn't want anything to do with you. And You know what I mean? It's like, yes. it should be very obvious. Yet it's alarming how many of us, Don't myself included, and are me. like, yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Though I got it. Right. Well, like, when I got sober, like you were talking about, you know, like... I was in between moving, so I didn't have a place to live. I had just totaled my vehicle. I was had tens of thousands of dollars in debt. My family really didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> because of my most recent DUI, I'm guessing I don't have a job, right? Like, my life is in complete shambles, yet, like, the idea that, like, my life isn't going to be successful wasn't apparent. It's like, I'm going to get out of this hole, and I'm going to do it better. Yeah. But then the realization comes, no, I'm not, and hence why I'm on suicide watch is because yeah. it's like my last little ounce of hope in myself was put out. And so, but you would think it would be obvious. Right. And so with a, with a guy, we're just trying to pinpoint that, like get him to, to understand your life isn't, you're, you're fucked. You're where you're at for a reason. And that's because you, you're, you've been your own decision maker, your own life. Yes. You've been your own power source, your own life. Yes. And it's got you to this point. This is where we're at. Yeah. So if you want to continue down this path, that that's fine. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not going to save you. We're not, our job is not to convince. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's alcohols or opiates exactly. or whatever. And my favorite line in the entire book, and I say it all the time, and I think it'll be my favorite line forever, is alcohol is the great persuader. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I'm not convincing this guy of that. I'm just hoping that this guy's going to get that sliver of awareness that, yeah, alcohol's got me licked or drugs have me licked. Like, I am fucked. I have nothing. This is what my life is, and it's not ever going to be any different. Yeah. So if I, we spend some time talking about that, and then what I used to do was read that whole thing because I really like the analogy in there of, like, the actor trying to run the show mm-hmm. and all of this, and I still love that, but, like, I think that awareness comes from the work, not from me trying to explain it to you before yeah. you've done the work. And I've had that same experience. I'd, I'd really try and beat into their head the selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of their troubles and it's not the alcohol right and um it just doesn't do any good until they written inventory yeah because once i write inventory and i tell someone about it and then i've got to go make amends for it like i'm fully aware yeah of what's going on and how selfish and self-centered i've been my entire life yeah so so for me i don't really spend much time on that it's like we're just trying to get convinced that we're screwed and that we're open-minded to another another power source helping me and then the work is going to connect those. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really all I'm after. It's yeah. like, okay, you're willing to believe in something else, God or whatever you want to call it, a power greater than you. You're convinced your life is screwed. Now all we need to know is that the work is going to kind of merge those things into into one. Do you... And so do you... Um, do you have guys that are, um, like, not understanding? Because I just... I remember when we broke into small groups or, or like, outside of our official meeting groups like mm-hmm. when we were in the smoke shack or whatever yeah you know people would guys would be on the third step and we'd be like i don't i don't, I don't get it yeah mm-hmm. and so do you but i haven't really experienced it that much in a one-on-one setting right do you use that same um you know what was used with you that you know when you start writing inventory we'll know you've made your third step kind of a thing or no um you just what I give them the instruction of, and the way I've kind of always sponsored someone is we do, we'll talk like when we're doing, when we do that third step, right? We get to that point. We're convinced that that life is like the way I'm living it isn't going to be a success and I need to do something different. So then what I'll do is just kind of explain, okay, between now and next week when we meet, my advice to you or guidance or instruct whatever you want to call it would be start saying that third step prayer in the morning. If you don't like the way it's phrased, come up with one, but let's talk about it so that we have the essence of it still right. So long as the idea is expressed. Yes. So that like we're still kind of in the ballpark of like remove self from me so I can be better used to God and others. Yeah. Like, cause that's kind of what the prayer is, is like, it took me a long time, and I say this about the seventh step prayer too. It takes took me a long time to understand these prayers aren't to like make my life better. Yeah, it's to like benefit others. Right. You know. And right. So, and it says so. Just I don't want to interrupt, but yeah. this is like you know when we ask God to remove our difficulties, is so that we can um, bear witness. To, yes. Right. I'm supposed to be bearing witness. God's going to help me out, but my end of that is that I've got to bear witness to God's power and yes. His love and His way of life. Exactly. Right? And that means I've got to live it. Yes. I've got to demonstrate in my own life. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, the yeah, that way someone else might see me living that way yeah. and go, what the fuck has happened to you? Yeah. And then I would say, well, I've tapped into this power greater than yeah. me as a result of the... You know what I mean? And that's my role. Yeah, in, in all areas of, of exactly. life, right? Like, 100%. Yeah. 
every area of my life. Right. So, but anyway, so I say, let's say this prayer, and we'll say it together. And like you said, it's kind of weird. And my sponsor just now, when I, I'm going through the work again, and he brought me to a church, and we did it, and I don't go to church, and I don't have like an affiliation for church. But for me, it was like, this is where my willingness is put to the test. Mm-hmm. So, was it awkward? Yeah, because I'm on my knees praying in a church, yeah. which is not something I've ever done once in my entire life. Awesome. Good for you, man. But it's like, that's where my willingness is tested today. Mm-hmm. It's not so much in like, oh, I'll write inventory, because I kind of like writing inventory. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I'm going to go to this place that I'm not really convinced is my place to be, and I'm going to show my willingness to pray to God in, in a place that like would have before now i don't think i would have done it mm-hmm. i would have been like let's just do it somewhere else yeah but it was like this is his suggestion i'll go do it and yeah. it's not in the book and i don't need to balance that out and say that he's doing it wrong anymore it's like if this is what you want to do i'm willing to do it and i'll do it with an open mind and it was cool and i i felt really jacked up afterwards mm-hmm. where normally my third step experiences have been like nothing yeah right when i actually say that prayer with I'm just kind of like, cool, whatever. Yeah. All right, I'll write inventory. Yeah. But now that one, I kind of had like this uplifting feeling of like, yeah, I'm, I'm really doing this thing, you know? So, nice. but anyways, I'm way off topic. No, I don't think you are. Once we get, once that guy's convinced, he says that prayer for a week, whether he does it or not, I have no idea. And I tell him that, I don't yeah. know if you're going to do this. This is where you start getting in. And my thought is we're just kind of building in his 11th step mm-hmm. practice yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So he's saying his third step prayer in the morning when he wakes up. And then we just start inventory the next week. And then if that guy isn't writing, I kind of know. And I don't have to belittle him and tell him, oh, yeah, dude, you know, really what you should be doing is writing inventory to show that you've taken the step. It's kind of like I don't need to say that. I just kind of if the guy's writing, I know that he's he's in. If he's wavering at writing inventory and he's blocking at all of this, then it's like, well, on to the next one, you know. What um, a friend down in. Fort Collins said this the group I go to down there, there's this old Yoda type yeah. guy down there that's and he had saw him and asked him how it was going and he said, You know, we'll lose a lot of guys at that four step. Mm-hmm. Sure hope you're not one of them. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. like having you around exactly. or just something very nice and nudging about yes. hey, write that shit. Yeah, and I will kind of um I don't do nothing, but I also don't think like trying to guilt someone or shame someone into writing inventory is beneficial. So not gonna do any good. No. So I kind of am like, hey, we're gonna do this third step prayer. And then what I have kind of just balanced in my own head is if that guy's willing to start writing inventory the next week, my guess is he was probably doing that prayer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like his willingness is showing. And so then we're kind of, we're off and running. We're into the fourth step. He's writing inventory. The game plan is to have that done in a few weeks. And then we're, we're, we're plugging away. We're continuing to build his morning routine and stuff. So that's cool. how I've always done it. What do you do? We still have a little bit of time. What do you do before? Well, you got to go soon, huh? Um, I got about five minutes. So yeah, we can close up in two. What do you do with a guy that's similar or nothing? I was just thinking about that while you were talking. I was like, it's been so long since I've taken somebody yeah. through the friggin' work. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Might help to have some recent experience. Yeah. Um, 
I think the last time I I wanted them to understand the idea of what we were doing, and I, I'm pretty sure this is what I would do. I would essentially try to explain to them that their life, once they did this, was no longer their business. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you do this and you mean it, I don't even think I said if you mean it. If you take this step, you know, and you're sincere, maybe I did say, um, you can probably, you, you might be able to expect some your life to start looking differently. Mm. You might start seeing the world just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Things might start, I mean, um, I read, so we can talk about outside literature. I know we're talking about the third step, but Jeff one time gave me this um, CD it was the um oh dang it the spiritual no now i'm gonna mess it up but anyway she was um the dark knight wait that's a batman movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm not sure where you're going Carolyn, sure. anyway she was saying you know like when you invite god into your life and you do it sincerely then god's coming and so <laughs> yeah. that might your life might get turned upside down by that request mm-hmm. if you're sincere in it. And so basically that's sort of been my experience too. Like um, I can't sincerely invite God in. And then when my life starts changing, like what's all of this about, you know, mm-hmm. like things might, you know, might start, maybe nothing happens. I don't know, man. But um, so I, you know, I say um, that, that your job going here forward is, is, is simply to seek God and God then we'll arrange the details of your life. And you don't need to know how to do that to seek God. We're just going to do the rest of the steps. Yeah. And that's how we're going to seek God. And so it's, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, understand a whole lot. You just have to be willing to do something different here. Yes. And, um, because so many, you know, like it talks about in the book, you know, with us being the actor trying, we're so trying to arrange every single detail of our lives mm-hmm. and we'll do that third step. And, and they're, you know, worried about how something's going to turn out in their life, especially at the beginning. And how is this going to, and, and, you know, I have to come, you know, we've done the third step. That's God's business now. Right. Right. What is your responsibility in all of this? Like, what are you doing on all of this? Mm -hmm. Right. The outcomes are no longer our responsibility and trying to, I guess that's more like as we go through it though, as they still, Right, are behaving agnostic. Yes. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because what happens is a lot of people will say that prayer, but then continue to live life like they did. Where yes. I'm still like, okay, I'm turning my life over to God, but how am I going to get this job thing figured out? Yes. And what are, yeah. how am I going to get my yeah. wife back? And I got to figure out a way to make some money. Yeah. And it's like, dude, all of that is irrelevant yeah. if you're not doing this. Yeah. None of that is going to happen, right? You're yeah. not... You're not getting that right now. Oh, yeah, what does so, it matter? Yeah. So if, if you if you're anything like me, what does it matter? You're going to die. Right. If you don't do these steps. Yes, exactly. If you're like me. Yes. Not everybody is. Just right. saying. And then yeah, you're pretty unique. <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, I'm not I don't want to be this thing where like you have to do this and this and this and this is the way that I'm just saying. Yeah. If you're beyond human aid, you're gonna die. Yeah. I mean, if you have the same fatal illness i have you're gonna die yep and so all that shit what does it matter what does it fucking matter exactly right yep and so and i'll usually say just to them like yeah uh whatever whether you do this or not is none of my business but like if not i i kind of have a good idea of what's going to happen because i see it pretty regularly yeah but if if you do it i just know what's happened to me and so give it a shot you know and then it's up to them and then their their action moving forward kind of is 
the sign, right? Yeah. And I've had guys tell me till they're blue in the face that they're doing this and doing that and doing this, but then like their actions aren't matching what they're saying, and it's like, well, it doesn't. Yeah. Whatever, man. Making we'll pl- making plans still. Making plans yeah. still. Like if you're if you're making plans still. Um, we've missed the the essence of the third step. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's a good call. It's 10. We got to go. You got stuff to do. Uh, RecoveredAFpodcast at gmail.com and RecoveredAFpodcast on Instagram, although we haven't posted. It's been like a <laughs> like a month now, <laughs> yeah, so maybe since... we should get after that. All right. So, all right. Thanks.